This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 16th, 2022. Miracles Calming the Storm. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Morning here in the sanctuary there at home or on the road or wherever on the road. I hope you're not watching. I hope you're just listening if you're doing the driving. We're certainly uh, excited to be with you this morning and uh, just glad to be together as we worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this slightly brisk, bright morning. What a great day to be part of God's creation. Amen. 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 So today is our third Sunday, looking at some of the miracles of Jesus that we find in the book of Luke. Two weeks ago, we considered how Jesus healed a paralytic whose friends had lowered him down through the roof of the house where Jesus was teaching. Last week, Jesus healed a guy who had a shriveled hand. He did it on the Sabbath, which was contrary, according to the, to the Pharisees, contrary to the regulations of the day. Today, the disciples face a challenge in a boat on a lake. We look at the miracle of Jesus as he calms the storm. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much again for joining us here and at home. I know at home you can't see us here, but we want you to know that we've all been wearing masks in the lobby. We're all spread out in the sanctuary, and we're trying to create this place as safe as it possibly can be. Mm-hmm. So um, we thank you all for, for we doing thank what you, you can so, here. Thank I am you. so proud of our church for um, caring and um, protecting one another. Yeah, you guys are good. You, you rock. So, yeah. um, also, I'm thinking about Code Purple. That's really on my mind, as cold as it's going to get. Alan, you were there on Friday night. Friday night, twelve from to the six. Twelve to six shift, and <laughs> at night. P, you know, AM. So if you can do that, please call the church office. Let's go ahead and pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to dive into this scripture found in Luke and help us apply it to our lives. We thank you that we are one church, many locations. We thank you for technology and bind us together this morning through this spirit of worship, and focus on your word. We pray this in your holy name. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Amen. So our scripture today is found in the eighth chapter of Luke. Luke is the third chapter of the New Testament, second part of the Bible, eighth chapter. This is verses 22 through 25, just four four simple verses, but what a most powerful testimony we get. We're going to look at it, not the whole thing at once, but a little piece at a time here. So let's get started. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. They got into a boat and they set out. As they sailed, he, Jesus, fell asleep. It's really interesting the way this this passage, passage starts. What are the first two words? One day. I mean, it doesn't say Tuesday, da, da, da. It just says one day. So, Apparently, it was just sort of a, a random kind of day, so everybody thought. It doesn't appear to be connected to anything. Um, nondescript, and then one day. 
one day. It was this day that Jesus says, okay, guys, let's get in the boat and we'll go across and we'll, we'll hang out together and go to the other side. I don't think he said that, but go to the other side. Oh, yeah, the Greek says hang out. Yeah, hang that's out, the yeah, Greek word the for let's go. Yeah. So he and his disciples, they get in the boat, they set sail, and Jesus promptly falls asleep. Wow. I think I can relate to that. Maybe me not falling asleep, but has anybody else like you just, yeah, yeah, fall asleep. Quickly. So what we see is Jesus' human side here. Jesus, human yet divine. He gets in the boat. He falls asleep. Mm. So the lake, this lake, it doesn't tell us right here, but a little research. The lake happens to be Lake Tiberius. That's the name. Wikipedia tells that it's known by other names throughout history as well, usually dependent on the settlements around its shores, of which there were many over the years. Other names have included uh, the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Kinneret, Lake Kinneret. They can't decide if it's a lake or a sea because it's so big. Lake Genesaret. It's also known and probably best known as the Sea of Galilee. Anybody heard that name before? Yeah, Sea of Galilee. We, we see that a lot, especially in the first four books of the New Testament, the books about Jesus. Sea of Galilee. Um, it's the lowest fresh water lake on earth. Lowest, and, and second lowest lake. There's one that's lower. It's a saltwater lake. Maybe you've heard of it, uh, uh, the Dead Sea. It's the, again, sea, lake, <laughs> whatever, uh, Dead Sea. And um, it's not too far away, by the way. This lake is about 33 miles around. Wow. 13 miles long, 8 miles wide, and it's full. It's 141 feet deep. It's, it's what we call a BHL. Say it with me. A big honking lake. Yeah, a big honking lake. I mean, that's uh, what that Google Earth or whatever. I mean, you see that thing from outer space. You see pictures from outer space things, you see it right there, it's huge. Yeah, the main source of water, it has some underground springs, but its main source is another uh, piece of water that we hear about frequently through Scripture, the River Jordan. Maybe you've heard of that, River Jordan. So Jesus and disciples, they spent a lot of time on this lake and around this lake in the towns that surround this body of water. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. A squall. Not something that I've heard Cecily Tynan say recently. A squall. A sudden gust of wind or localized storm. And when we look in the original Greek, the word translated as squall also has more meanings like wind, gale, whirlwind, even hurricane. So a squall came down to, on the lake, down on the lake. Bible scholar William Barclay writes in his commentary on Luke that the Sea of Galilee is more than 600 feet below sea level, and it's surrounded by... Um, tablelands, or it's called Mesa. Beyond, so picture mountains, and it's down and surrounded by 
some flat lands. And so it, a funnel type thing has been created by the way this environment is. And so this squall comes down and the cold winds come from the mountains. They cause the storms, the squalls arise. And they come quickly, very quickly. And they can be fierce, very fierce. Well, this particular storm must have been extremely fierce. And I say that because at least four of these disciples, I don't know all the other backgrounds, but I know four of them were formerly professional fishermen. That was what they did for their living. That, that's, that was their life. Uh, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they were in the fishing business before Jesus called them into ministry. That's one-third of the disciples. And it says the disciples, so we assume all of them were in the boats. That's a third of them. Are fish. They've fished this lake before. They've been on, I'm sure, when storms arose before. It's, it's not new to them. I mean, that was what they did year in and year out. So for them to be fearful of this storm, it must have been a doozy. It, it must have been something. I mean, these are weathered, hardened, tough guys who knew how to, to, take care, to be out on the water in a boat. They knew what to do. And this storm, it must have been unlike any they'd seen before. Bringing a lot of water in the boat. Uh, scripture said swamping the boat. Storm that caused so much fear in them that they woke Jesus up from his sleep because they were afraid of drowning. Can you blame them? I think I'd be waking them up as well. Don't you? Wouldn't you? <laughs> First of all, I can't even imagine being on the boat, and it says that the water, the boat was being swamped, and Jesus is still sleeping. Like if, I mean, I, I know that Jesus can sleep, he can do whatever he wants, but I can't imagine being the disciple like, oh my gosh, and he's still sleeping. Can you imagine the conversation? Well, some of, him, some of us sleeping. could sleep through that, couldn't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, scripture continues, he, Jesus, got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, the storm subsided, and was all calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. <laughs> so things are going crazy. You know, the boat's rocking. The water's coming in. Jesus is asleep. They wake up. Jesus gets up, rebukes the wind, rebukes the weight, raging water, and everything becomes calm. Wow. That's pretty amazing. I, I, well. And then what Jesus says next is pretty like, woo, so where is your faith? He says, where is your faith? Mm. To be a man with that kind of power, they were among the, the God in the flesh. They had seen him do other stuff. But here was this other supernatural power to control even nature. To be there to see it. To be part of it. To experience it. To be up close and personal. That really must have been something. Where's your faith? That's easy for Jesus to say, don't you think? <laughs> where's your faith thanks yeah yeah thank you you know a scenario like that though big storm waves crashing the boat fearing for one's life afraid to drown i think that faith would 
or that, that, that setting would test just about anybody's faith. I, you know, I've got the gift, the spiritual gift of faith, and I know my faith would be tested there, and I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in this. Yeah. So perhaps that's what Jesus was actually trying to do here. Doesn't say, but this is one of these things where we're looking a little bit deeper. Perhaps he's on purpose testing their faith. I really don't like that thought. <laughs> I do not like to think that Jesus would test my faith, but, but he has. He has. And that's actually given me an opportunity to be totally dependent instead of on me, but on him. He is so all-powerful and all-knowing and all-present. And here's the thing. Jesus knew the storm was coming. He knew when he said, come on, guys, let's get in the boat and go across to the other side. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that they would be afraid. <laughs> he knew all of that. And he had this whole thing kind of unfold. Jesus also knew about um, testing. We read in Luke chapter 4, and it's also in Matthew, where um, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit led him into the desert, and he was tempted three times by Satan himself. I don't like that either, <laughs> but this is what happens. His faith was tested, and Jesus overcame. Oh, yeah, that's easy. Jesus is God. Jesus was in the human at that, you know? He responded by responding with the word of God. When we respond in our lives with the word of God, the enemy just shivers and flees. That's why it's so important to know, to have it on our lips so that we can say, say what needs to be said. You know, when we feel like we're being tested, um, I actually have shifted from thinking Jesus saying, you know, Carrie, where's your faith? To Carrie saying, gosh, Carrie, where, where's your faith? You've seen this. You've seen God work. You've got these places where you can recall. Where's your faith? You know, at those times when we're tested, important to remember, like, steel is hardened. It's made tempered steel by putting it into the fire. You know, it, it gets stronger the more it's tested, so to speak. And sometimes that's true for us as well. So here's the end of the passage. In fear and amazement, they asked, the disciples asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Wow. Wow. So his action, Jesus' action, result in fear and amazement. Fear considering the power of nature, fearing for their lives, fearing how out of control things are, or they seem to be, catch that, seem to be in the moment. Amazement at this man who they've been doing life with, literally putting their lives in his hands, amazed at how even the wind and the water come under his authority, how nature obeys him. Wow. They've seen his power before. You know, two weeks ago we saw when he 
healed that guy who was lowered down from his friends and could get up and walk. Last week when he healed the guy with a shriveled hand. Another other thing, we've seen, we've seen that kind of power. Um, but they haven't seen him control a storm. I mean, nature. Of course, he should be able to control it. He's part of the triune God who created the whole thing. But still, nature, that's why we call it supernatural. It's above nature. He's above and beyond even nature, supernatural. That's some serious power, isn't it? Serious supernatural power. Power beyond anything these disciples have ever seen. Power beyond anything we've ever seen. Yeah. Jesus, of course, knew that the disciples were going to face a lot of storms in their lives. They were going to face these storms, uh, first of all, because they were disciples of Jesus. They were followers of Jesus. But then when Jesus was no longer with them, actually that's when the storms were really going to rage. And Jesus knew all of that. And actually the storms that the disciples would encounter and be a part of probably paled in comparison to the squall on the lake that day. Things were never going to be easy for them as Christ followers. And Jesus needed them to know that he had control even over nature. He had power. He would take care of them even when things seemed impossible. And that's true for us. Jesus wants us to know that. I was thinking about a storm and how um, I think it's a, a, a tornado. And in the eye of it, isn't there calm? Yeah. They fly planes into the eye of the storm. Yeah. So we can be in the midst of a storm and still in the middle of it experience calm and experience peace. But for Jesus, allowing his disciples or perhaps testing their faith and showing them that he could calm a storm, after Jesus was no longer there, when they were faced with the storms and they're like, okay, I'm going to remember that day when I was in the boat with Jesus. And that'll like, okay, I know. Or I'm going to remember the day when I saw Jesus heal. I'm going to remember the day when he changed water into wine. I'm going to remember. And each one of us as Christ followers have these moments that we build over time that we can remember God's faithfulness. And even when we don't feel it in the moment, when I don't, it's like, wow, God, what? I can remember a moment or two or 10 or 20 or 100 of God's faithfulness. So that's what it seemed to be um, for these disciples, for them to have this in their heart, God's power right there with them. So once again, a powerful testimony from Jesus. Then a question like we usually ask, what's that have to do with us here at CCC in 2022? Well, you and I face storms in our lives, don't we? Some are small. Other ones are pretty big. 
all kinds of storms, including storms in which our boats are getting swamped, <laughs> our nerves are getting plucked, our lives turned upside down. Most of us have, some, have had some of those storms already, one time or another. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something that's not news to you. There's more to come. The storms are not over. Yeah. And when Jesus calmed the storm, it didn't mean no more storm. He didn't say, this is the last storm, boys. No more storms. Smooth sailing from here on out. <laughs> Actually, when you follow Jesus, sometimes you get more storms. You know, Christian comedian Mark Lowry said, you know, this is life. Jesus said, I came to bring it more abundantly. Yeah. Yeah, following Christ doesn't necessarily going to take out of the storms of your life, and it might bring more. We've already had some. You have too. There's more to come. That's because as Christians, we really begin to, we're kind of countercultural now. It's not the norm. We're more and more in a minority. And so it's, um, it's hard out there. And that's why it's important for us to be together here and online and in small groups and in the various ways that we do life together. Here's the thing to remember. Even though more storms are coming, uh, even though Jesus is not gonna take, going to take away the storms, he is in the boat with us. I can't say that without smiling. He's in the boat with us. And he might look like he's sleeping, but Jesus is awake and all-knowing and will respond to us in our times of danger. It might not look like what we think it should look like. And it might seem like Jesus is, is a little bit late, but actually he's right there with us and all we need to weather the storm. I'd like to um, invite uh, Greg Schultz to come up because Greg has a storm story that he is um, kind of, yep, they are rough, aren't they? Thank you for being here, Greg. This is Greg Hello. Schultz. Married Pat, you've been here a couple years. I have. Tell us um, how you got to Connection. Uh, I, I got the connections actually through working out in a gym uh, with Kathy Reed. And uh, one day she was just talking about the church, and I said, you know what, maybe I'd like to give it a shot. And I think we, we showed up for uh, a Christmas Eve uh, uh, service a couple years ago and kind of stayed, and it's a great, great church. Well, we're, we're glad. Invite, invite, invite. Yeah. <laughs> so, Greg, when we were working through the message, sure. you immediately came to mind. We spent some time together at Christmas. We Absolutely. came and did communion because you were still kind of... Uh, sure, shut in a bit. Shut in. And um, can you share with us your storm? Sh sure. Uh, so last year about this time, I was in my boat and uh, everything was just calm seas. <laughs> and I had absolutely no idea that a storm, an incredible storm was coming. And, uh, and it was just going to be something that was just going to change the trajectory of my life. Um, 
I was diagnosed uh, in May of last year after discovering a lump in, in March, uh, many tests, I was told that I had cancer. And uh, a few weeks later, I was told that it was a B-cell lymphoma, which was a, they called it diffused double hit, double expressor, which means that it's extremely aggressive and kind of a rare cancer. Uh, I was told that uh, if I chose to do nothing, which was always a choice, not to do chemo, that I would be dead within a year. And that's just very sobering. And I, I said, wow, that's, that's a, a storm that I just never in my life envisioned of facing. Um, and it really <coughs> tested my faith incredibly. Um, I never uh, was mad at anybody. I was never mad at God. I know a lot of people get mad at, at, at God for a lot of different reasons, but my, my immediate response was to embrace or reach out for God, reach out for Jesus, reach out for help. And that's, that's really where I, I just kind of started my journey. So um, you had like lots of chemo, and you uh, probably felt like you were going to die. I, 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 when I, when you hear the chemo. word cancer, the very first thing that came to my mind was, I'm going to die. And, I, and I've heard lymphomas, nobody recovers, nobody lives through that. Um, but through the miracle of science, um, it, it, it's, th those are the things that I've noticed in this journey, is the minor miracles along the way that people just don't, don't realize, uh, just from the discovery to... Um, being my, my, um, our daughter is a dietary oncologist at the Bronx VA, and she was able to arrange a meeting with a leading lymphoma specialist at the University of Pennsylvania Hospital, and through Christiana Care, two doctors working together with this lymphoma that I had, um, and kind of put me on the right path to healing by the chemotherapy. The regimen was extremely aggressive over six weeks, a week in the hospital under a constant chemo drip. Um, it, it's, it's been very difficult. It's been very hard on my body. But I found out in December that in the early part of December, I found out that I was in remission, which was great. Um, I wasn't as euphoric as everybody around me. My, everybody's jumping for joy. And I kind of sat there and said, well, yeah, I'm happy. But what if this comes back? And when is it going to come back? Because I heard that it had a higher rate of a return. And then later in the month, we sat down with my lymphoma specialist at UPenn, and he told me that I was about 85% cured from this lymphoma because of the high rates of chemo that my body was able to take. But it's left me with some challenges as recovery too. So it's, I'm kind of in the recovery phase now, and it's, it's rough. My wife will tell you that I'm, I'm not a very patient person in, in the recovery phase, but, but I'm working towards it. So Alan and I were impressed when we spent some time with you at your home where um, you, your thinking like began to shift a bit. You reached out to Debbie, you wanted a prayer uh, app. What were some of the things that, that you did when well, you felt like you didn't have enough faith? Well, to... you know, I, I reached out to God initially. I, I you know, it's shared with uh, Alan and Carrie that uh, when I was in the hospital the very first week, they asked you if you want clergy to stop by. And I said, yeah, sure. Anybody that's in the area. Well, God sent me a rabbi. So I, I, we had some great discussions uh, with the rabbi and I. But, 
But uh, that kind of started my journey. Uh, our small groups uh, gave my wife and I a, a beautiful basket of, of things to start, you know, prayer, coloring books, things like that. There's kind of, at the beginning, you think, why am I getting a coloring book? But there's a lot of time that you spend, you know, just kind of in your own mind. So it, it helps you to just kind of relax a little bit. Um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law are very devout Christians, and through their churches, you know, one in Tennessee and one in Texas, they've had prayer groups and, and um, been praying. And it's just incredible. I never really thought the power of prayer was so powerful, but it's just been amazing to me in this journey that all these people that are praying for me and that Jesus really is answering the prayers. Um, this type of lymphoma, in a lot of cases, has killed a lot of people. So I'm alive, and uh, that's a really big deal for me. I'm, hopefully, I'll stay alive for many years. I do want to meet God. I just don't want to meet Him tomorrow. I, I just, you know, so we all. I think we all feel that way in a lot of ways. But uh, it's it's been a, an incredible journey. So our our message today about Luke chapter eight and the um, the waves and the boat being overtaken Absolutely. and uh, Jesus calming the storm. What are some words that maybe that you can share with them? Because I know a number of people here are in a storm right now. I, I would just say pray and pray for one another and, and, um, and just try to, to remember God is with us. I mean, you know, I, I thought in my boat, you know, I was alone, but it didn't take me very long to realize that, you know, God had put a lot of things in my place or directly in my path. Uh, I was falling over doctors. I was falling over treatment plans. I was, uh, uh, the, the, the prayers and just the well wishes, the text messages, the, the things that you really don't think are a big deal to people are a real big deal. Just a small, kind word in passing. It's just, it's amazing that kind of powerful um, for me, that was just a very powerful, and it still is powerful. It just makes you feel good and, and makes you feel loved. And uh, I think that's just, the, in this world, we just don't have enough love going around. And we don't have enough God either. You know, we really need to make God center of uh, what we do. So that's how well, I feel. Well, we are just really um, thankful for the courage that you, your vulnerability with us that's this right. morning. And um for you to share your story, and you could have said no, but <laughs> nah, you said no. I'll, I'll be more than happy to sit yeah. down at any time and talk to anybody about anything because I know we all struggle, and uh, cancer is a horrible, horrible disease. And hopefully, one day there'll be a cure. You know. Yeah, I would like for us to reach our hands out and to pray for him right now. So, Almighty God, we just thank you for Greg, and we know that you are the great physician. You are the miracle maker. You are the way maker. And you can even uh, silence storms uh, in nature, and you can be the eye of the storm for us. Thank you that we can experience peace that we can hold close when we're in the midst of our storms, and we can know that we know that we know that you will always be in the boat with us. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for Greg. We claim total healing over his body in Jesus' name. Thank you for his awesome partner in life, wife, Pat, and that they are a part of our community of faith. And now we can just lift Greg up even more in prayer. 
We thank you and praise you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you Greg, so thank much. you so much. Let's affirm him with thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. So here's the thing. If Jesus can calm a storm so powerful that it would bring fear and trembling to seasoned fishermen who were following him, if Jesus has the power to calm a storm like that, don't you think he has the power to calm whatever storm it is that's in your life? If Jesus has that kind of power over nature, surely he has the power to walk with you and me through whatever it is we're facing. No matter how big, no matter how scary, no matter how fear-inducing, no matter how challenging. You know, when the boats in our lives start taking on water, start getting swamped, start to sink even, Surely Jesus has the power to bring calm to that storm, to keep our boat from sinking, to keep us from drowning. might not look like we think it'll look, but that's because Jesus always gives us what we need, not what we want. He never promised to take, as we said before, all the storms out of our lives. Never, never promised that. He did say he'll be in the boat with us when it starts to sink. Even though it might look like he's sleeping, he's with us. <laughs> and he has the power to keep that boat up. He has the power to keep us afloat. Yeah. The question is, do we truly believe that Christ has that power? Are we willing to get in the boat with him, to place our lives in his hands, to look to him to deliver us from whatever it is that we need deliverance from. More often than not, we need deliverance from sin, ultimately. Do we truly believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That he has the power to save us and to deliver us from the evil one. Do we believe that Jesus is the one, the one way to the Father, the way, the truth, and the life? If we do, if you do, I'd say today's the day to invite him in. Maybe you say, well, I've done that. Great. There's no end to inviting him. Please come stay in my life, Lord. Let me know you're here. Please remind me. Please help him to be open to what you bring, Lord. And if you've never said that, maybe today's the day to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I can't save myself, but from what I hear, you're the one that can do it. I can't take care of this boat on my own, Lord, but from what I hear, you can do that. Yeah. Today's the day to claim Jesus as Lord and Savior. Again, maybe it's the first time or maybe it's the thousandth time. Jesus, you are my Lord. Lord means he's number one in your life. 
you bow down, you genuflect, you give him your all. And Savior means you know he's the only one that can lead you through eternity. Yeah. Today's the day to invite him into your boat, might deliver you from the storms in your life, might deliver you from the sin that separates you from God and all that God has to offer. That's the good news of Jesus. You know, I'd just like to encourage you, during this last song, what's it called? Praise you in the storm. Praise you in the storm. During this song, give praise to the Lord. Praise him for the, for the storms in your life because those storms are the things that bring us closer. I think I've said this before. You know, people say, uh, we say, uh, gosh, he's blessed. And we usually say that when the guy's got a good job or a nice home or a family that at least appears to be uh, fairly functional. And, but when you actually say to people, when were you most blessed? What was your greatest blessing? More often than not, more, more, more often than not, their greatest blessing came when they were in a storm in their life and Jesus was in there in the boat with them and walked them through it. Amen? Amen. So I encourage you to, uh, to, to talk to Jesus during this. Praise you. Praise you in the storm. I encourage you to get on your knees. These steps are wide open. We've got some Dedicated prayer warriors in the back just waiting to pray with you. You know, if you'd like to go uh, talk to them about uh, inviting Jesus into your life, you know, it's like a gift. It's free, but you got to open it. Anybody here have a Christmas gift that's just sitting there unopened yet? Anybody? Yeah, that'd be kind of foolish, wouldn't it? Duh. Yeah, open the gift. Jesus got a gift for you. Open it. Today's the day. No reason to wait. No reason to wait. Gift's not going to get any better by waiting. It's the greatest gift of all time, relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Get on your knees here, there at home. What are you, in your living room? you got plenty of space spread out. Pray. Get on your knees. Yeah. We're going to get on our knees, praise the Lord, invite Jesus into our lives, invite Jesus to continue to be our Savior. That's the good news. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh Lord, what a what a what a what a nice, uh, awesome, awesome uh, sharing today about this storm, and it reminds us of the storms in our life, Lord. And um, I just pray, Lord, for each one here that in those storms they look to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus. They look to you, and you'd be in a boat with them that they would open up to you. Lord, I pray that each one here who doesn't know you would open their heart to that possibility today. Holy Spirit, please bring open hearts, open minds, open spirits today to the possibility of a relationship of Jesus Christ. I pray each one here can get on their knees, if not physically, figuratively, get on their knees to you, open their arms and invite you in. First time, thousandth time, Lord. Lord, I just want to say thank you for being there with me in the storms in my life, in, the lot, in our family life, in our church life. Thank you for walking us through those storms. Please, us know, please help us to know and remember that you are there. And when things get tough, turn to you and that you'll see us through. I pray for each one here. Open us to your Holy Spirit today, Lord. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. And each one gathered at CCC this morning said, at home and in the sanctuary, each one said, Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.